right. How's everybody doing? Amen. I know, like Pastor Paul said, we have some family members and church members that are homesick, but we also have good news because people are getting on the other side now. Thank you, Jesus. And we've had a couple people that's been in the hospital and they've gone home. Thank you, Jesus. So we're just finally getting past this thing, amen, and uh, get everybody back in the house of the Lord. But I'm so glad you all are here, and I hope you came ready to receive the word of God, amen. Well, I'm excited to teach um, to you this morning. We are in the middle of our 21 days of prayer and fasting, and I have to admit it's a weird time for our church and our prayer and fasting because we haven't been able to come together and really pray together. And so things are a little different right now, but um, how many know God is still on the move? And God is still working miracles, amen. And uh, so the message that's in my heart today is uh, hearing the voice of God. Because I really believe we're in a season where we need to hear what the Lord is saying in this season, amen. And what better time than when we're really setting time aside to fast and really focus in on, God, what are you saying in this season? Because I believe the Lord is speaking prophetically over your own life, over your children, over uh, our church, and also over our nation. And even though things look way out of control, God is in control, amen. And if the church has ever needed to hear the voice of God and what he is saying, it is right now. And so I just want to challenge us this morning and, and maybe remind us to really go back and hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying in this season. All of us in our life could use some direction from the Lord. Amen? And choices and decisions. And we want to make the right decisions in our life, don't we? And, you know, I, uh, I saw this thing on uh, one of the videos out there that this man had a vision of heaven. And, and uh, he, it was like a, and you guys know it's biblical, but it was like a, a large library. And there was just thousands and thousands of books. And this man drew this vision that he had. And people that were writing under the, the vision, the painting, was like, well, what does that mean? And, you know, da, da, da. And I was able to go in there and write the verse that God says, I wrote a book about you. And these people who are lost had no idea that God already has the beginning to the end of our life. Like God knows what's happening next. He knows the way of escape. He knows the direction. Amen. How many are so thankful that God is the Alpha and the Omega? And he knows exactly where you're at in your journey, whether you got lost along the way or whether you just are kind of clouded and don't, are not sure where you're at. God knows the direction of your life. And so we, as Christ followers need to stop and take time and say, God, am I where you want to be? Am I hearing what you are really saying or am I listening to the things of the emotions and circumstances of the world and we're missing that still strong voice of the Lord? Amen. So how many know that the best source of the will of God is going to come from God? Amen. We're not going to listen to man. We're not going to listen to media. We're not going to look at circumstances. We are going to look to what God is saying and say, Lord, give me ears to hear what your spirit is saying. Your spirit. Amen. The voice of God. Because God knows exactly what is going on. And if you, think in, if you look in scripture, Elijah, who was pushed into a cave by Jezebel, he was overwhelmed by life and circumstances. He had just had a victory, but he also had defeat. And he found himself in a place where he needed to hear God's voice. And so many of us as believers think that maybe God is in all of this loud and in the prophetic and in the demonstration. And I'm not saying that God isn't. But if you look at Elijah in this part of the story, he was in a cave 
desperately needing to hear God's voice. And he went out to the edge of the cliff, and the Bible says that a great wind came and came across that, that mountainside. And Elijah's like, okay, I'm going to hear God now. I'm going to hear his direction. I'm going to hear his voice. God's going to tell me what's going on. And when the wind passed, he did not hear the voice of God. And then the Bible says that a great fire came against the mountain, and the fire came and tore up all the mountainside. And he's like, now I'm going to hear the voice of God. And the Bible says that God's voice wasn't in the fire. And then what happened? There was a great earthquake came, and it shook the ground. And I can't imagine how Elijah must have felt and, and being anxious and nervous, but going, maybe God is in the earthquake. Even if it's bad news, maybe God is at least in the earthquake. And the earthquake came and went, and he did not hear God's voice. And sometimes we as Christ followers, we're looking for this emotional experience to hear God. And God is not in our emotions. God isn't in demonstrations. God isn't in feelings. Those are things that make us feel good about our decisions. But when God comes, he comes like he did with Elijah at the very end when everything got quieted, when all the noise had went away and all the demonstrations and he was quiet, the Bible says he heard the still, small voice of God. And that is where God is wanting us to tune into in this season of the world, of the church, and in your personal life is what is that still, small voice of God speaking to us? And what we have to do is tune out the noisiness, tune out the distractions, tune out the things that are clowning our mind and our emotions and say, God, in this season going into 2021, it doesn't matter what last year looked like. It doesn't matter the circumstances. Jesus said to keep your, our eyes on him because he's the author and the finisher of my faith. So God, what are you saying right now? And when we're in that place where we desperately need to hear what God is saying, we have to quiet everything out. And we have to tune in on purpose to hear what God is saying. And that means I have to recondition my flesh because if my emotions have been pulling here, my decisions and emotions have been pulling there, now I'm leading and guided by the arm of what feels good and not really by the Holy Spirit. So we have to do what? Tune out the world. And it's going to take a little bit of discipline. I have to tune out the world. I have to tune out other people's opinions. I have to tune out even my own voice. And my own fear, somebody say amen. Like even the things that we're struggling with, God, I'm going to quiet those things. Because you're not in all any of those things. You are in the voice of the spirit that lives on the inside of me. So, Lord, I want to hear what you have to say in this season. God is speaking prophetically with revelation in this season. The word of God is so alive right now. It's so quickened because we're living in a prophetic season in the kingdom of Jesus Christ and in his church. We're not living in a modern time of the world anymore. The world has been shaken. Everybody say amen. We've known it's still being shaken. And the church is being shaken. And it's good because God is taking off all the religion, all our past experiences, so that I can hear, what are you saying today, God? What's the fresh revelation? What's my fresh promise? I'm not going to lean on the old way. What are you saying today, God? And I'm going to teach you this morning how to really step into Hearing God past all the emotions and past all the flesh. So I'm going to share number one with you this morning is this. You have to know that God wants to speak to you. You have to know that. And I don't mean just some big prophetic word. I mean what is the spirit of the Lord saying to you 
in your voice. Know that God wants to speak to you. Amen. We have access to the Father anytime we need him. And listen, you have permission to hear his voice. You have permission today. It's not just my voice as a pastor. I can come and I can speak prophetically the word of God. Every time you speak the word, it's prophecy. But it should be a confirmation into your spirit that, man, God spoke that to me last week. Man, I was in prayer and God gave me that vision. God gave me a dream. It's a confirmation that God's already speaking to you. Amen. And God will speak things to us, things we don't want to hear sometimes. Amen. I like, to, I like the feel-good things, God. Say, say the things to me that makes me feel good, the things that I want in the moment of my flesh. And there's sometimes God will say, you know what? I want you to stay in that marriage and fight for it. Amen? Sometimes God will say, I want you to stay in that job, and I want you to be faithful because I'm about to promote you. We can look at what we see in the natural, but if we're listening to the Spirit, it doesn't make sense. I don't want to hang on. I don't want to fight anymore. I want to do this. This feels good to my flesh. Come on, somebody. This feels good in the moment. I want this. And God's saying, no, I want you to listen to the Spirit because I know where I'm taking you. I know what the future holds, and it's going to rely on you listening to the Spirit and not responding to the flesh. Because there's going to be a lot of voices in the season in the world. There's going to be a lot of deceiving voices in this season. And we better tune in to that voice of the Holy Spirit that is call, calling us. Amen. I want us to look at Isaiah verse 30, chapter 30, excuse me, 21. And I love this scripture verse. And it says this, your ears shall hear a word behind you. Do you know that God is standing and the Holy Spirit is in your life and you may be facing forward and you're not sure where to go or what to do, but God is standing behind you with a word from his throne room, with a direction, with the guidance and with the answer. It may not be the one we want, but it'll be the one that he wants to speak to us. So you shall hear a word behind you. That means if I don't hear yet, I don't move. I don't move. Why? Because whenever I move and I haven't listened, I've moved out of my own flesh, out of the will of God to what feels good at the moment and not being led by the Holy Spirit. And I can tell you 99.9% .9 of my spirit-led decisions were dying to my flesh. Amen? And we'll talk about that in just a little bit more. And so he said, there's a voice behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. What does that mean? He's a lamp unto your feet. He's a light unto your path. That still small voice will tell you, don't go into that business deal. But boy, that investment looks really good. Everybody's getting blessed. It seems like the right thing to do, but your still small voice says, don't do it. There's a leading of God. There's a relationship you're entering into. You don't have that relationship, but you don't understand. No, what's the still small voice saying? We have to be led by the Spirit of God. He's the voice behind me. It means I don't go into my future unaware. I stay planted until I hear the word of the Lord. Amen? And the Holy Spirit gives us direction and he gives us time. I've learned that with God, that his answers are, they take time. God's never in a hurry. The Bible says he's a gentleman. And he takes time. So anytime we feel fast and every time we feel like we got to make a quick decision, I can guarantee you quick decisions are never the will of God. They're emotionally driven and they feel good for the moment, but they're never the will of God. 
And we've got to learn to be intuitive. Listen, I've made plenty of emotional decisions. Are we all flesh and blood in here? Amen. We've all done it. But it's now honing in to say, God, this season of 2021 is supernatural. It is supernatural for the kingdom of God and for us that are following Jesus and for faith builders and and for North Phoenix, Arizona. This is a supernatural season. And God is saying, let me speak to you what I see and not what's being shown in the world. We don't look to the circumstances. We look to what the Spirit of the Lord is saying. Amen? So God wants to lead us. So let's keep going. Put that verse back up there, Titus. It says, you shall have ears, hear a word behind you saying, this is the way. Walk in it whenever you turn to the right and whenever you turn to the left. Isn't that wonderful? And God's not talking about where we should go eat or, you know, I'm not saying the Lord can't lead you places to, you know, minister to someone. But we're talking about spirit-led decisions. There's going to be no question, my spirit's going to be led by the presence of the Lord. Amen. Now, I want to look at this at a little different translation in the New Living Translation. And that's why it's so good to find scripture that you understand and relates to you. But I love this. It says, your own ears will hear him. Thank you, Jesus. I don't have confusion in my life. I have a confusing moment. I don't know what's going on in this moment. I don't understand the circumstances. Like, I don't like it. Everybody's sick from our church. I hate it. I want everybody back together, and I want us fellowshipping, and I'm ready to take this North Phoenix for Jesus, and we will, and we are. But the ears be, he will hear what God is saying in this season, which way you should go. This is the way you should go, whether to the right or to the left. Listen, your ears hear God. And that needs to be your faith and your hope today. That God, you lead me. The Bible says the Holy Spirit leads us into all truth. And truth isn't always what we want. I shared in first service when, you know, I've been in ministry since I was 20. So I've done my life. I will go to be with Jesus in, you know, in ministry. This is what I do. But when I was contemplating becoming the senior pastor of the church, I will be straight up honest with you, my flesh did not want to do it. It wasn't like I went, oh, hip, hip, hooray, my dad's giving me the church, woohoo! No, I wrestled with that thing. I'm like, I questioned things, I was worried about things, I knew the pressure, I knew the responsibility, and I just didn't want to do it. But I walked and prayed, and even though everything out here said why you shouldn't do it, that still small voice of God said, you know you're called, you know you're appointed, and you know you're chosen by God in this season. It was that voice, that still small voice. So sometimes God will ask you to hang on and do things that maybe you don't want to do, but he knows what you need to do to affect and change other people's lives. So you stay faithful, amen? You stay at the post. You stay doing what God wants you to do, and you'll reap the harvest of the obedience when you have to crucify the flesh at the moment to obey God. Because generally, generally, obeying God, it's a, cruci- it's a crucifixion of the flesh. It's usually dying to yourself and what you want in your ways and fully trusting God. Has anybody ever been there? Raise your hand, just so I know I'm not the only one that goes through this, Amen. So you have the direction of God in your life. Now, I want to look at John 10, 27, and we all know this voice, but it says this, my sheep hear my voice. That's so good. See, we are the sheep. He's the shepherd. So he's saying in John, my sheep, you know God's voice. Now, we can respond to what's going on out here. We can respond to what we see in the natural, but we really do hear his voice. 
And God says this, and I know you. I love that part of this. Like we could look at the whole, all the shepherds on, all the sheep on the hill and think, well, you know, does the shepherd really care about me individually? But God says, I know you. I've called you by your name. That's how important you are to me. I studied a lady. I read her book, and she's a, she's a shepherdess. I forget where, but she wrote a whole book about her sheep. And they each have a name. And they have different personalities and different temperaments. And they respond to her the way that they are. And she understands the sheep for who they are. She knows which one she's got to watch that wanders off into danger all by itself all the time. She knows the one that's begging for food. She knows the certain cry. Like she can hear sheep all over but hear one cry and know which sheep that is and what they need. That's how God the Father is for us. He doesn't look at the church world and you are insignificant in it. He knows you. He knows what you're struggling with. He knows what you're afraid of. He knows what you're concerned about. He knows what makes you excited. He knows you. And because of that, I hear my father's, my shepherd's voice, and he knows me even in all my mess-ups. And guess what? I still follow him. Why? Because I'm his sheep. And when you hear the voice of God and you know what God said, you cannot be moved because you know what God is saying. Amen. So I want to show this video. I talked about it last week just a little bit. I'll set it up a little bit better than I did first service. But um, there's this field you're going to see with hundreds of sheep on it. And this guy gives uh, different people who are visiting the call of the sheep. So whatever he says, he gave them the words. And they make the call of the sheep. I think there's like two or three of them. And then the uh, shepherd speaks. So we're going to show this video and see what happens. One more time. Oh, one is Yeah, Eunice made him go away. Oh, 
going to be a lot of voices in the world, isn't there? There's going to be a lot of people who are going to want to pull that has a word from God. But when you are learned to tune into the voice of the Holy Spirit and you really learn to hear the voice of God, you will respond to the voice of the Father. And we won't be deceived in this season. We won't be pulled by other people's opinions and what others have to say. I'm going to hear the voice of the shepherd. He's the voice I know. He's the voice I trust. And he's the voice that I will follow. Amen. And that's what God wants for us to do in this season. Hear what the Lord is saying. So number one, you've got to know that God is leading. God is speaking to you and desire to have that in your life. Number two, and this is so important, you have to have a posture of humility. Humility. If you really want to hear God, you're going to have to humble yourself in the sight of the Lord. That means you're going to have to say, God, not my will be done, but your will be done. There may be things the Lord shuts the door on. There may be things the Lord says no to. And we have to have such a posture of humility that, God, I only want what you want in my life. And if the church was ever in a season where we really need to know what God wants, it's right now. Because there is going to be a deceiver of the brethren that is going to come here on earth. And we are going to have to have a posture that says, God, it's not what I want. It's not what my flesh wants, but it's what your spirit has to say. In humility. Now, if I don't have humility, what does that mean I'm walking in? It means I'm walking in pride. Now, I want to break down pride just a little bit because it almost seems like, well, pride seems haughty and arrogant, and it's deceiving because pride is emotional. When you want what you want in your life, it's pride, and it means I'm living by my emotions of what I want in the moment and what feels good instead of really listening to what the Spirit of the Lord is saying. So when you're humble, it's not, I don't care how much I want that. I'm going to die to it. I'm going to give it to God. I'm going to put it on the back burner. And listen, if it's the will of God, you cannot stop it. And if it's not the will of God, you don't want it anyway. And that's the posture of humility. When we're in pride, it's selfish. It's all about me. It's what I want. It's what feels good to my flesh in the moment. And it doesn't seem like pride, but pride says it's about me. I want to feel good. I want to feel right. I want to feel advanced. Instead of submitting to the posture of humility to God and say, God, you have your way. You vindicate me. You restore me. And I'm going to humble myself in the sight of the Lord. And I'm not going to let emotions or selfishness or what feels good to my flesh tell me what I'm going to do for my future. Because why? Pride, listen, is a short-term gratification. Boy, I feel good right now. Boy, I feel elevated. Yeah, whoo, I feel like I'm just on top of the world. And you've got this instant gratification that has a long-term regret. Because we make decisions by our emotions instead of the spirit of the Lord. Amen? Pride says this, it's what I want. And humility says, I want God's opinion on the matter. Amen? I want what God has to say in this season. So let's look at it. Revelations chapter 4, verse 1. I think there, yeah. I love this. And it says this, after these things, I looked, and behold, a door standing open in heaven. Now, what I want you to see over your life, because listen, I'm not just talking about the corporate church here. 
I'm not just talking about the pastors and elders. In your life, there is a heaven over your life that has an open door for you. What comes out of the open door? The voice and the will of God. And you have to see that you have access to that heavenly door to open. Now listen, it may not open when you want it to. That's why I said stay anchored. Stay faithful. Don't be moved by your emotions. You stay until what happens? The first voice which I heard was like a trumpet speaking to me saying, when heaven opens up, you will have the voice of the Father speaking over your life. And that's what we want. God, I need the trumpet. I need the voice of the Holy Spirit. I need the promise of God in my life so that no matter what happens, I will not be moved. Why? Because I've got my voice from heaven. Heaven opened up and I got my revelation from the word of God, my promise from the word of God. So no matter what comes against it, no matter what circumstances look like, I know what God said in my life and I will not be moved. So many Christians throw the promises away because we don't see it the way we think we should see it or in our time frame. And God is saying, no, hang on. Fight the good fight of faith. Continue to see what God sees. Continue to say what God says if God spoke that revelation to you, amen. And it may not happen right away. Even with Faith Builders Church, you know, after COVID, we came back real strong and then people got sick and then people are older and they can't come. And I'm like, God, I want everything back to normal. But guess what? I'm not, I'm not shaken as a pastor. I'm not worried about faith builders. I'm not worried about the vision because I know what God showed me. I know what God spoke by the spirit of the Lord. I know the revival that's coming to this house. I know that every chair is going to be full with the power in the presence of God and we won't have room to contain them. That's my word from God. Can you hear it from my spirit? I know what God said. That's why looking at this, this don't rattle me. This don't shake me. Amen. Because God has a plan. And God has his will, and I know, and now that I know, I'm going to stay in humility. I don't have to worry about anything. I'm in a posture of God. Let your will be done on earth as it's already done and established in heaven. After these things, I looked, and behold, a door standing open in heaven. I just feel so strong to say this, that God is going to speak to you while you're driving in your car. You're going to have a revelation insight. You're going to have spiritual dreams, spiritual visions, because we are living in a season of supernatural in the kingdom of God. Amen. You're going to be showering. It's going to be like at a moment where you're not even feeling spiritual, and heaven door is going to open up over you. Hallelujah. And we're going to hear the voice of the Father. And I'm going to know his voice. And it's going to be the anchor of my soul. And I'm not going to be moved by anything that I see, hear, or feel. I'm going to hang on to what the Spirit of the Lord has spoken over my life. He said, come up here and I will show you things that must take place after this. Isn't that good? So you get a bad report. A relationship's going bad. God, what do you say about this? You said... What's going to happen next? Show me, God, what's going to happen next. I may not see the manifestation of that thing yet, but if you told me my husband's going to get saved in the fullness of the gospel and serving in the church, then that's what you say. And I don't care what I see. I know what God said, and I'm going to hang on until that promise comes to pass. And I'm going to fight the good fight of faith, and I'm not going to give up. Amen? I'll show you the things that are to take place. So number one, know that God wants to speak to you in this season. It's a prophetic season. We are not living in a normal season of the church. 
is never going to be the same again. We are living in prophetic, supernatural moments in the kingdom of God. And God wants to open up heaven and give this prophetic insight. Amen. Number two, a posture of humility. Number three is this. We have to reposition ourselves. Now that I know God wants to speak to me, and now that I'm humbling myself, I have to position myself in a place to hear him clearly. And that means there may be things around me that's surrounding me that's creating too much drama, too much mental clutter that I can't hear from God. That means if I am desperate to hear the will of God, I am pushing everything out that's trying to muddle out the clarity of God. I'm pushing out every confusion and mental anguish or whatever it is, and I'm going to posture myself to hear what God has to say. And that means there may be a separation where God calls us alone to hear from his presence, amen, to push away, never be afraid to do the right thing for the will of God. My mom always said, my, mom's, my grandma told my mom, my great-grandma, pass it on down. He says, she said, if you don't listen, you'll feel. And that is so true with the Lord. If we don't listen, we will feel. So I'd rather be a living sacrifice right now. I want to sacrifice in this moment, and it hurts, and I don't like it, and I don't understand it, but I'm going to obey you, God. I'd rather be a living sacrifice and feel it now than feel it later at a cost that God didn't want me to pay. Amen. I'm going to sacrifice now in my flesh and see the reward of the Lord on the other side. Because he'll never leave us hanging, will he? So we're going to reposition ourselves. So let's look quickly this morning at Acts chapter 8. And we're going to read, start in verse 3. And this is so awesome because it's about a man named Saul. And remember, Saul's name got turned to Paul. And we hear about how wonderful Paul is. You know, Paul wrote three-fourths of the New Testament. He ushered in the, the first church that we see in, in Acts. And he had the revelation of Joel in scriptures. And Paul was so awesome. But listen, Paul wasn't always awesome. Saul was a persecutor of Christians. So let's look in verse, uh, chapter 8, verse 3. As for Saul, he made havoc of the church, entering every house, dragging off men and women, and committing them to prison. This is like modern-day ISIS. This is like socialism that would like to come into our country and take away the freedom of our religious rights to serve God and worship God. And that's what happened. He went in and he persecuted the church. He wanted to destroy the church. He hated Christ's followers. He hated Christians. And he tortured them and put them in prison. Now, we have to understand that we're living in a time that we may enter in where Christianity is not popular anymore. Where it isn't acceptable in the world anymore. I don't know what degree this world's going to go to, but are we willing to step into our faith and know who we are in God that no matter where we go or what we do, we can still declare the word of God in boldness. And so here comes Saul persecuting the churches. In verse 4, look at that. What happened to the church? Right? The church has already been birthed and they've had persecution. But in verse 4 it says this, Therefore they were scattered and went everywhere. Almost sounds like they were in fear. Oh, my gosh, they scattered everywhere. But what did they do? Preaching the word. Because they knew God. Because they had an encounter with the Holy Spirit. Because they had that voice of God. It didn't matter if persecution was going to come. They were going to go and still preach the word of God. Where is our, where is our faith today? Is it going to be rattled if somebody tells us we can't share our faith? Is it going to be rattled if we can't post things because of Jesus? Or are we going to still declare the word of God? 
Verse 5 says, Then Philip, or excuse me, Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ to them. In opposition is miracles. In attacks from the enemy is miracles, signs, and wonders. God will show up in the middle of opposition because he will show himself. Verse 6, and the multitudes with one accord heeded the things spoken by Philip, hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. And what were the miracles? For unclean spirits, crying with a loud voice, came out of many who were possessed and many who were paralyzed, and the lame were healed. I'm going to tell you by the Spirit of the Lord, we are entering into the season of this happening in the church. People are going to be set free. They already are in, in our church. They're already being delivered of demonic influences. They're already being set free. We're going to see more of that. The lame is going to walk. Eyes are going to open. People are going to come out of wheelchairs. We're going to see the miraculous move of God. Even though the world says whatever, it doesn't matter. God has another agenda, and it's the word of God. And we're going to see that. And what happened when they postured themselves in a position to not look at the persecution, miracles begin to happen. And God wants that for our life. Amen. And so what happened? Saul's on this you know, journey of killing Christians. And we know according to scripture, a couple chapters later, he was on the road of Damascus. And God knew how to find Saul right where he was at. This is the miraculous. You might have family members or loved ones that aren't serving Jesus and they seem so far away. They can have a Damascus experience. God knows how to meet people right where they're at and what they need. And we've got to trust God in that. Amen. And so here he was just doing what he does, persecuting Christians. And God met him on that Damascus road, blinded him. The spirit of God was so strong. And God changed his life and changed his name. And he ushered in the revival of the church. But what I want, to, want you to see here, if you go to Galatians, Paul did something that we as Christians need to do. And it says this, in Galatians, talking about Paul again, after his conversion in verse 11, he's saying this to the church of Galatia. But I make known to you, brethren, that the gospel which was preached by me is not according to man. Verse 12, for I neither received it from man, nor was I taught it. Now, we teach and we train and we equip, but he's saying something supernatural hit my life. It was a revelation of God. He said, but it came through the revelation of Jesus Christ. That's what we need as Christ followers in this season, don't we? We need a revelation that you are the Christ, the son of the living God, amen? And we're not going to be moved because we know who God is in our life. He said, it wasn't about what man could tell me, but it was about the revelation. See, when you get a revelation of what God is speaking to you, nothing can move you. Nothing can shake you. He did not matter what anybody thought about his conversion because if he did come to show up, was Saul really changed? Was he really different? What did people think about him? That didn't matter to him. It came from Jesus. So verse 13, for you have heard of my former conduct in Judaism, how I persecuted the church of God beyond measure and tried to destroy it. And I advanced in Judaism beyond many of my contemporaries in my own nation, being more exceedingly zealous for the traditions of my fathers. What you see here is Paul, as he's being, coming into his revelation of Jesus, actually became very zealous and prideful. 
He wanted to learn real quick. He wanted to study real quick. He wanted to be advanced real quick. We see this in verse 15. But when it pleased God who separated me from my mother's room, called me to grace to reveal his son in me that I might preach him among the Gentiles, I did not immediately confer with flesh and blood. Why? Because people will always derail you. People's opinions and, and in outlook and life, they'll derail you away from where God is taking you. That's why I've got to have what God said, not the opinions of man. Amen. In my journey with Christ, if I worried for a minute about what people thought about me in ministry, I'd have never survived this many years. Because it doesn't matter. What matters is what God says. Amen. Verse 17, nor did I go to Jerusalem to those who were the apostles before me. Something's changing inside of his heart. He knows that he can't keep doing these things in the emotion. He better go find more truth. Nor did I go to Jerusalem to those who were the apostles before me. But I went to Arabia and returned again to Damascus. What was he doing? Look at verse 18. Then, after three years, I went up to Jerusalem to see Peter and remained with him for 15 days. How many years? Three years. What did he do? He went to get with God to mature and who he was before he went forward as a changed man. See, we need to be willing to mature in our walk with God. We need to be willing to allow God to challenge us, allow God to correct us, allow God to say no to you. You know you can really walk with God when he says no to you and you submit to it anyway. Or he says don't do that or don't date that person or don't go there and you submit to it. That's a person that is coming into the maturity of Jesus Christ and not being run by our emotions. Amen. So are we willing to do that? Are we willing to hear the direction of God? And sometimes you're going to feel like you're swimming upstream. You ever done that? The will of God? I'm swimming upstream, God. Seems like everybody's going by happy. Anybody been there? Everybody seems blessed. I'm like, why am I swimming this way? And God's like, because I've called you to. I'm strengthening you. I'm equipping you. I'm giving you what you need in this season. You may not like it, but if you submit to me and stay with me, I will show you on the other side. Paul stayed faithful to God for three years when nobody else saw him. He disappeared, and he allowed God to groom him. And then later we saw the fruit of his reward and what God did in his life. Amen? All right, number four, really quick this morning. Number one, we said we're going to know God speaks to us. Number two, posture of humility. We're going to give it all to God. Number three, reposition ourselves. And number four, receive the joy of the Lord. Because when you really hear from God, and it may not be what you want, but you know it's God, you have his joy. And his joy remains full in your life. That means that no matter what comes against me, I have joy. I have the joy of the Lord in my life. So if you look at Isaiah 12, verse 3, it says this. Isaiah 12, verse 3, therefore, with joy, you will draw water from the wells of salvation. When you get your word from God, you will have the joy of the Lord. Amen. Listen, when you have true joy of God and your promise, you will hear from God. When you have true joy, you'll have access into his presence. When you have true joy, you, joy, you withdraw the directions from God for your life when you have joy. When you don't have the joy of the Lord and you're negative and you're discouraged and you're frustrated, it will shut down the ability for God to speak in your life. 
And that's why the enemy in the world will constantly throw things in our emotions to block us from really hearing the still small voice of God. Now, we can hear emotions all day long. I can hear emotions all day long. But to really hear the voice of God means I've got to get rid of negativity. I've got to get rid of offense. I've got to get rid of judgment. I've got to get rid of whatever's there. Amen. Lord, search my heart. That's what the scripture says. Search my heart, oh God, and make it true. In other words, God, you know what's really going on in here. I can put on everybody else, all's good, but you know what's going on in here. I'm going to get real with you, God. Search my heart. If there's anything in there, get it out. I don't want anything holding back my ability to hear what God is saying in this season. Amen? When you're negative and complaining, it steals your joy. It takes away mental um, energy from your life. And it robs you from everything that God has. So what are we going to do in this season? I'm going to exchange my negativity for joy. I'm going to give it to God. God, I'm going to let it all go. Whatever would be blocking in this season, I'm going to give it away so I can hear what your spirit has to say. Amen. I'm going to close with this scripture verse this morning. And it's in Philippians. And I love this when the Lord led me to this scripture verse because it literally tied in my entire teaching today in a few verses. And it says this, uh, Philippians 4, 4. Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. What is that? There's your joy. Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. It's time to just rejoice, amen? It's time to put on worship music. It's time to just give shouts of praise. It's time to drive in our car and just tell God how awesome he is. Tell God how good he is. Call the blessings and the promises of God down. It's time to have our voice of joy back in our life instead of complaining, amen? And the next verse says... Let your gentleness be known to all men that the Lord is at hand. What is that? Humility. Let your gentleness, when you are humble before God, it will be known to all men that the Lord is with you. Why? Because God will never elevate the pride. Proud. The pr proud can get quick attention, but doesn't mean God is elevating. It's a difference. Sometimes humility is true elevation. We don't like it because I want to feel something good in my flesh, but I'm really elevated in the sight of the Lord when I'm humble before him, right? And it doesn't matter what people think, thank God. The hand of the Lord is at hand. Be anxious for nothing, nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known unto God. What is that? That's my positivity. And that's the peace of God. The peace of God comes in our life when we surrender to him, Amen. Listen, if there's turmoil, if there's anguish, if there's confusion, you don't have the peace of God. And that only means that you're not receiving the voice of God for the season. We're receiving what's going on around us instead of what the Lord is speaking to us. Amen. And we don't want to do that, do we? We want to hear what God has to say. So let's just pray. Father, I thank you for this amazing church. I thank you for every person that's here, Father God, and those that will be watching this teaching later, Father God. I thank you that we have ears to hear your spirit in this season, God. And any place today that we need to give away, we give it away now by faith. Father God, we just release it so that we are not blocked. So, Father God, we're not confused. We're not overwhelmed. But, Lord, we're clearly hearing your beautiful, still, small voice. That gentleness, that loving kindness, that tender mercies. God, all that you are, I thank you 
that we will begin to hear that beautiful direction with revelation and insight and dreams and visions and hearing this beautiful sound of revival that's coming to earth, God. This beautiful revival that's coming to the local churches, Father God, and what you're doing in the spirit. We are not going to bow down to the deceptions of the world, Father God, but we are going to cling to the word with all truth. And I thank you for that. And maybe you're here this morning and just want to get things right with the Lord. Just get things right. Just ask the Lord to forgive you and forgive you of everything. And maybe you just need to get back on track today. And maybe you just need to say, Lord, I want to hear you so clearly. And just tell the Lord that in your heart today. Because God desperately is longing to speak to you and give you truth. And I just cover this service with the blood of the Lamb. Had your protection coming and going, healing and health to everyone, Father God. And bring us all together back safely to celebrate you and to build your church. And we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, everyone said amen and amen. Give the Lord a great big praise this morning. I love you all so much. And I'm happy Pastor Paul and Jenny are back in the house. Yeah. They've been gone. And so we're glad to have you back. So hallelujah. Good to be back. Love Good to be all. seen. Praise the Lord. You know, you all have permission to hear the voice of God. That's what Pastor Barbara's letting you know this morning. You have permission. You don't have to seek a person or a thing or anything else. You go to the Word of God, and the Word of God says that you can hear the voice of God. So get that settled in your heart this week. You know, let that really just get really solid. You know, we're coming into this brand new year, 2021. W-O-N. One. Praise the Lord. We made it through. Amen. And praise the Lord. God's got a real plan. I want to take this opportunity this morning to receive our tithes and offerings. And listen, at the end of the day, thank God for you doing what God has called you to do. But we've got a scripture here I just want to read real quick. Praise the Lord. Everybody give it up for Titus this morning. He's a one-man show back there today. But it says, bring all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be food in capital M, my house. The, the kingdom of God, right? And try me now, like right now, try me in this thing, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such a blessing that there will not be room enough to receive it. Now, this is an area where you can really start to see God is saying, listen, if it says it in my word, then you can take that thing to the bank. But what you got to understand is you got to have that measure of faith to believe it. And I'll tell you, coming out of 2020, you may feel a little cloudy in your head. And where's the direction of God? But praise the Lord, you can hear the voice of God. But you can also read what the Word of God says. And you can say, you know what? I'm going to commit my finances to the kingdom of God. And you can, you can do that. And I'm telling you, you'll never outgive God. If you think that you're in such a position, well, you know, if I just keep giving and giving and giving, no, you'll never outgive God. The law of reciprocity is going to kick in. And it says, test me in this. And this is a great opportunity in 2021 to really begin to test God in an area maybe you've never tested in before. I'm a man of God. I, I submitted my life to Christ. And here's my deal. You say, well, you made a deal with God. You better believe it. I made a deal with God. I made a, he made a covenant with me, and I made a covenant with him. And I said, listen, if God, if it says in your word, and, it, and you don't back this thing up, I don't want to serve you. That was my heart when I gave my heart to Christ. But I can also tell you it was one of the most profound things I ever did. 
Because I'm no longer depending on what I can do for myself. I'm depending alone on the word of God. And I just want to challenge everybody in this room. Depend on the word of God in 2021. You're going to win this year. No matter what you faced last year, you're going to win this year. And I promise you, God is not a respecter of people. He is a respecter of his word. Grab a hold of that by faith. And thank you so much for all that you do for the kingdom of God so souls can be saved, deliverances can occur, and all these things that are happening on the back end of what's, what you don't see happening in the church. There's so many prayers that are going out. And I said this in the, uh, in the first service. I'll say it again in closing is don't negate your power in Christ in 2021. Call that person that's sick. Get involved in that person's life that needs healing. Do those simple things. And don't just do it going, well, you know, I don't know if they want me bothering them or whatever. I'll tell you what, when I was out and I was sick, I felt the prayers of this church. I was thankful for God to do those things in and through you towards me. And I thank you from the bottom of my heart. It makes a difference in the lives of of people. Heavenly Father, we just thank you and praise you for your incredible word this morning. We thank you for all of these giving hearts, Father God, even those who are, who are going to re-challenge and refire themselves in 2021 to see what God will do. And we thank you, God, for doing what only you can do in 2021. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Hallelujah. You can go ahead and give. And we want to release you. Um, continue with your fasting and your praying. And now you've got this incredible opportunity to hear from God as well. God bless you all. Be at peace and know God's in control. Amen. God bless. Bye.